Hey there, friends and family. Welcome back to another episode of One. And this time we're going to try something a little different. I'm going to start off with a song that I wrote. Now, I will preface this by saying this is the first real song I've ever written. Maybe I've done some other fun things just playing around with my kids or some stuff like that. And I by no means claim to be a songwriter or a musician of any sort. But music's something that's always been really important to me. I grew up with a musical family. My mom's side of the family was always getting together, playing records, listening to songs together, and having hootenannies, which we still do to this day, where... Largely my uncles and my cousins get out their guitars and we all sit around in a house or by a campfire and play songs. Everyone sings along and it's one of my fondest memories from growing up. So I've always been around that music. I never got as deep into studying music as... A lot of my family members have, but I've always liked tooling around with the guitar a little bit, and for a little while I've kind of thought about trying to write some songs, just as another way to sort of flex that creative muscle a little bit, and I like to, I like to if I'm working in visual arts, try things that I don't have as much experience with. If it's writing something, it's the same thing. And I think sometimes in the creative process, things just come out a certain way. Meaning I always feel like creativity is kind of like archaeology. It's finding, it's stumbling upon one little thing and then having to excavate around that to let that thing come out to realize the whole thing and a lot of times if I'm writing something or have an idea for an image I want to create it starts with this little concept maybe a line one little notion and then I start to explore it and try to flesh it out sometimes it takes the form of more expository prose sometimes it takes the form of a narrative story and sometimes I'll get a little line of a song or a poem type of thing and it feels like it needs to take that form so that's something I've wanted to explore a little bit for myself and I thought it would be a good thing to share not because I think it's good but I think it's important to see that creative process. I'll bring my guitar to school sometimes and play some songs, sing a few things for my students. Again, not because they're good, but it started when I had some students who were learning guitar and I encouraged them to bring it and we could play together. And it was to kind of show more than anything that it's all right to love some stuff even if you're not good at it, and when you're at the beginning of something, you're not going to be good at it. 
I think that's a really important thing to understand in life. A lot of life is just not being good at things, but still pursuing them if you enjoy them and you have a passion for them or you find some solace in them. So that's kind of what this is, is I started thinking about wanting to write some songs just as a way to work creatively. My favorite type of music is folk music, kind of folk country music. For a number of reasons, really my two favorite genres of music right now are kind of folk Americana music and hip hop, which might seem like they're different ends of the musical spectrum, but I don't really think they are. I think in their best forms, both are about speaking the truth and getting people to think and feel. And I love that about both verses. I like a lot of different music. I go to a lot of concerts, different genres, those sorts of things. But those two areas really appeal to me. And folk music specifically because I suppose it sounds like me a little bit more than anything else. Great kind of old country or folk or however you want to describe a genre. Genres get tricky. But kind of sound like me. My favorite types of music are, you know, my favorite artists are guys like John Prine and Chris Christopherson, Guy Clark, Towns Van Zant, because it just sounds like telling the truth. It's not overproduced. There's a great old quote that's been attached to country music and folk music attributed to Harlan Howard, who was an old country songwriter. And he said, all you need to write a country song is three chords and the truth. And I thought, well, that sounds great. I don't even know much more than three chords. But anyway, uh, this is me experimenting with that. And oddly, I'm going to release this on Father's Day. This is a song I wrote thinking about my dad, which is kind of funny because my dad's not the type of cat who would necessarily even want a song written about him or... He certainly is not a big folk music type of guy. He would have been more of a 70s rock type of, type of dude. But I, I was thinking about him. That's kind of where the idea started. And when I started fleshing out, it turned into this song. So anyway, I'm going to give this a try and we'll see how it goes. All right, this is called Some Stones, and I was thinking about my dad. Gather around a schoolyard the way boys do Talking whose daddy could beat up wounds There's tales of touchdowns of girls and fights Staying out drinking with the boys all night Not much for me, not much to say 
worked at night and again most days. I'd watch him then, maybe not understand. Hard for a boy to know the man. Some stones don't roll. They gather moss and they grow. Some steel don't bend. Just rusts away like that gray-haired man I'll be right here When the day is over and the work is done Some stones don't roll Friday nights I could hardly wait Come home early I'd stay up late Sit on the couch and watch TV Boy and the man he wanted to be Work on cars, I'd play with old parts. Grease stained hands and a blue collar heart. Couldn't know then he did it for me. Ain't much in this life ever given for free. Stones don't roll They gather moss and they grow Some still don't bend Just rustle away like that gray-haired man When the day is over and the work is done Some stones don't roll Little boys grow up, I suppose daddies do too Things will be start turning to who He made me work and I wrecked his car Space between I started looking pretty far Had places to go and things to do Stuff back then I thought I knew 
I changed, he seemed to stay the same But he worked three jobs, never missed a game Some stones don't roll Gather moss and they grow Steel don't bend Just rust away like that great man I'll be right here When the day is over and the work is done Some stones don't roll I got older, he got smarter When it was time, I became a father I remember my dad when he was younger than me That's still the man I'm trying to be Some heroes get statues, fortunes, and fame Others got nothing to give but their life and their name How do you honor a man like that? By living the life he built on his back Some stones don't roll they Gather moss and they grow Some steel don't bend Just rust away like that gray-haired man I'll be right here When the day is over and the work is done Some stones don't roll All right, well, sorry if that got your dogs howling or something at home, but uh, that was fun to try, and that's something I want to keep doing is I always like exploring new ways to be creative and express ideas, and that's kind of what this show was about is pursuing things that we're passionate about, saying things that might make a positive impact on somebody else. Obviously, that's pretty rudimentary songwriting and pretty poor singing and guitar playing, so my apologies. But I like to show that sometimes too. Like I said with my students, it's important to be bad at things long enough to get good at them. And I want to keep 
fiddling with playing the guitar and writing songs is my right and create other things. So that's enough about the song, but I do kind of want to talk about the things that inspired what I wrote about in that song, which is real things with my dad, my dad, Lance Nielsen. And the idea for the song really started with that one line that some stones don't roll. I think a lot of times in in music and in cinema, in art in general, and maybe thankfully lesser so now than in eras past, but there's kind of this, I don't know, this kind of glorification of a certain type of masculinity. And it's songs like Papa Was a Rolling Stone and A Rolling Stone Gathers No Moss. That's that's where that specific line, Some Stones Don't Roll, where that came from. And the idea that in movies and stories and things, especially when I was growing up, was this idea of the kind of macho guy who would who could drink a bunch and got a lot of women and was in fights and was a sports star and all these sorts of things and <laughs> I remember growing up that you know my dad was never that guy I never had that image of my dad and that's not to say that I didn't love and appreciate and respect my dad this isn't a story about we hear a lot of the stories of fractured relationship relationships between sons and their fathers and how it how it's hard for a son to understand his father and i think that is true it can be difficult especially for fathers and sons to understand each other but we've seen that represented in art a lot where for me it wasn't that i didn't get along with my dad i always thought my dad was awesome he was usually the funniest guy in the room and he was always there for us and I always appreciated him even when I was young but I thought about how I viewed my dad differently at different times in my life and I think that's a common arc with sons and fathers that hopefully if a father is present and involved there's this kind of when we're young this we idolize our fathers and then as we get older which kind of happens with our view of a lot of people as we become teenagers then we start to realize that maybe the people around us aren't as expert as they put on and we start to think we know a lot of things and our our perspective just changes. Not necessarily a loss of respect or anything like that, but it's a change in perspective. And then I think, hopefully, under the best cases, as we get older and we start to get a deeper perspective, then we can appreciate our parents in an even deeper way. 
So that was kind of my ideas, is just those two ideas. That one, some stones don't roll. That this idea that this masculine idea of that rolling stone and then kind of flipping that on its head and saying, well, some stones don't roll. Some people are just there and they sacrifice everything and they don't get songs and movies and things like that written about them. And the other was just that idea of the journey we take in understanding our parents, especially in a father-son relationship. So in the first verse, I talk about this image of these kids standing around the schoolyard. And I don't specifically ever remember that. That's a little artistic license. I don't remember having a real conversation where kids were like, my dad could beat up your dad, my dad this. But I do just sort of have this image of, you know, some buddies doing that were like, oh, my dad was this football star my dad would do this and my dad and I remember being as a kid he's sort of like well, I don't know my dad works a lot I didn't even really know a lot about my dad when he was young and not just doing the father thing so it was never a thing of like it's not that I wanted my dad to be like those other dads I just do remember being like well, I don't know I don't I don't think my dad's probably ever scored a touchdown or whatever, but it's not who he was. He worked and sacrificed for us. And that's the last line of that opening verse is, it's hard for a boy to know the man. Even in a good relationship, it's hard to know that other person. Then it gets into the chorus, which of course is, you know, some stones don't roll they gather moss and they grow old, which is kind of how, as I've gotten older now as an adult and looking at my dad, you know, it's like I remember when my dad was diagnosed with Parkinson's, which is under control as well as it can be right now, and he still works really hard. But thinking about that, how a lot of this idealized idea of being a man and some of the things that get glorified and why aren't we glorifying the people who are the stones that don't roll who who put it all on the line and they they gather moss and they get old and they rust away because i think that's that sacrifice is as impressive and beautiful and should be as honored as anything else. So that was kind of the chorus. And then the next verse I talk about, this is real. Um, when I was real young, my dad worked second shift and my mom worked first shift so that a parent could always be home with me and my brothers. And I'm the oldest, so I probably have a little more memories of that time than my my two brothers, but Friday nights were always great because uh, Friday nights, my dad, if he banked hours through the rest of the week, he could get off his second shift factory maintenance job early on Fridays. So instead of getting out of there at 11 o'clock or something like that, I figured exactly what it was, but like 7.30 or something, he could get out of there and he'd come home. 
and hang out with me. And it was really just time between the two of us. Because my brothers were really young. I suppose my youngest brother was, you know, maybe not born in even the earliest time of that. Or was an infant. And mom would go to bed and it'd be just me and dad. And we would. We'd just sit on the couch, watch TV. I remember, you know, watching the rodeo and watching monster trucks, that sort of thing. Car shows that my dad were into. That was really important time between the two of us. And I, you know, I I think of that now as a father with my own kids, as I wonder what things like that they're going to remember. Because it's going to be some of the little things, not necessarily the things that I am trying to tell them or teach them, but stuff like us sitting around watching certain shows, things like that, those would be things that stick in their head because those are things that stick in my head. So those Friday nights are great. I think I pulled my first all-nighter uh, one of those Friday nights when I was when I was a real young kid because we'd watch shows like that. And then uh, we had the VCR, the VHS tapes, dub tapes. And I remember putting in a tape. <clears throat> of course, my dad was tired So he'd sometimes fall asleep on the couch and it's one of those memories that I I don't know if I'm combining different things or memories are funny that way. But so you remember putting in this VHS tape that we had with the movie Willow on it, which was my favorite movie growing up. And I think it had like Crocodile Dundee or Crocodile Dundee 2 or something on the tape too. It was a dub tape, so there was like three movies on it, and it was a good tape. It was like start to finish, solid. And I think Dad fell asleep on the couch, and I sat and put that VHS tape in, laid on the floor, and watched movies. And I remember getting done, like the finishing up the tape, and noticing that it was starting to get sunlight outside. I think it was about six in the morning that I had just stayed up all night watching movies as and when dad fell asleep on the couch. So again, it's one of those great memories. I don't know how accurate it is reflecting back on those, but that's something I remember. And he really would, dad would, even when he was working factory maintenance, would work on cars part-time on his own he was an auto mechanic when I was real little and then went back got a certification to do maintenance work in a factory and he'd work on cars at night even for a while had kind of a side business called I think it was called like what was it like midnight auto or something like that because he would do it literally at midnight after he got off work second shift and then he would work on people's cars in our garage, I think it was Midnight Auto. I'm going to have to check. It was a pretty good name, though, really. Anyway, man, I'm just kind of stuck on that. I hadn't even thought about that name, but Midnight Auto is a great name. That's like a great band name or something, Midnight Auto. Anyway, uh, he'd work on cars, and on those nights when I'd get to stay up with him or if he was working on something during the day, he would be working on a car, And I would sit in the garage, and admittedly, I probably didn't learn as much about working on cars as my dad might have liked, but I would sit 
on a stool or, you know, play on the ground. He had a junk drawer in his toolbox, big stand-up toolbox. Just a old little parts and nuts and bolts and things that might come in handy while you're working on something. And I would take them out and I would build robots. So that was something that was true as well. I'm going to even check my notes here. But, uh, yeah, so those were things that I really stick out of my mind from when I was young. And, you know, it's not until I got older that I look back and kind of like that was my dad's way of sharing what he was passionate about and just spending time with me. And those are just really fond memories that I have. Then in the next verse of the song, I talk about getting a little older. I talk about uh, growing up, and I, I, the line in there is, I said, uh, he made me work and I wrecked his car, which are real things that happened around the same time when I was in high school. And at that age, we're trying to find my own self and getting more interested in hanging out with friends and chasing girls and doing some of those sorts of things. And uh, so one, I did, I rolled a car that he had just recently bought. And my dad, he hasn't had a, when I, when I was young, he had some cool stuff. He's a gearhead type of guy, motorcycle, Jeeps, cool old cars. And that kind of went away with having kids and having to pay bills and all sorts of things. So most of the time he was just driving work cars, kind of beater cars. And I suppose I was 14 years old, maybe 15. So I didn't have a driver's license yet. And he had gotten a new work car which for him was a nice car. I mean, it was a it was a used car, but it was a nice, I think it was a little Ford Escort, five-speed manual transmission, but a nice, clean car. As good a car as he'd had in some time. And he did not have it very long. He was letting me drive it. I knew how to, that's back when people learned how to drive manual transmission. And my dad being the car guy he was, I learned how to drive in a five-speed Volkswagen Rabbit that wouldn't go into first gear, so you had to start it in second gear, and the transmission was just shredded. I mean, you just had to kind of wiggle the stick around till you could find a slot and then hammer it in, and uh, I killed that so many times. And this was before I had a learner's permit. Dad was teaching me how to drive this thing. And then I got my school permit, which if you aren't familiar with that, especially where I live in rural, rural Iowa, my folks live out in the country, you can get a school permit. So before you have a driver's license, you can take the test and do driver's ed type of thing and get a school permit so that you can drive by yourself to and from school, from where you live in the country to the school. So I would do that. And so I was... 14, I think. I think it's as soon as you can get it. I got it as soon as I could. 
and I was going to a, a baseball game. We had batting practice for a baseball game, and Dad was letting me drive his new work car. And I was, I had forgotten some of my baseball stuff in my mom's vehicle. She was working in a different town during the day while I was home with my brothers. Called my mom, thought I needed that other gear, which I probably could have just left. It would have been fine. And this is pre-cell phones. Longer story short, I wind up in a rush trying to get that stuff and trying to get back for batting practice and I just wasn't being very smart as happens when one is 14 15 years old and I'm going too fast down the gravel road and loose gravel the car kind of starts fishtailing around if you ever spend a lot of time driving driving on gravel roads you know what I'm talking about it starts sliding and I young and experienced driver I overcorrect and the tail end of the car whips around, drops into the ditch, and flipped the car. It barrel rolled and actually went over fast enough. It broke out the window behind my head and smashed the doors and sides of the vehicle, but didn't cave in on top. It flipped through the ditch and then landed up in the field, which was a pretty unbelievable experience. <clears throat> and... Uh, Anyway, I could tell that story for a while, but it turned out okay. Probably worked to my benefit that um, my mom coming to meet me saw the car before she saw me because I didn't know what to do. It was before we had cell phones, so I just got out of the car. Luckily, I was fine. I was kind of in shock. Couldn't believe what just happened. But I just started walking down the gravel road to go home. Didn't know what to do. Missed the baseball game. I think that's the only sports, workout, practice, game, anything I've ever just missed. You know, aside from being out with an injury or something, just straight out missed because I rolled a car before we were supposed to leave. But, uh, yeah, probably worked to my advantage that mom saw the car was really worried that I was like dead because the car was pretty messed up and then found me. So not to say that my folks were happy by any mean, but uh, that softened it a little bit. So I just think of things like that. I think of some of the stuff that I've put my folks through when I was growing up. And I know I wasn't, I definitely wasn't the easiest kid to live with when I was a teenager. Um... So I think about that, and the other part of that line is that he made me work and I wrecked his car. Uh, that was another thing. My dad actually made me work and get a job, and I remember him coming home. This was after I got my driver's license, and I was 16. I could really go work, like a real job. And dad came home and said, well, I got two jobs lined up for you. You can either be a farmhand at the farm down the road or you can go work construction that's it those are your two options and I, I remember you know thinking a little bit like I'm pretty sure some of my friends are gonna be like lifeguards and stuff like why how come those are my only two options but again it's 
looking back, and I'm sure glad this is what my dad did. I chose construction because I wasn't going to farm. We weren't farmers. And uh, I wasn't going to own farmland or anything. But I thought construction, I guess, if I got to pick between the two, could be applicable later in my life. And it was just a great thing that my dad did for me. I don't know that I was real psyched about it at the time. Especially, I was going into work construction not having any idea what I was doing. And making a lot of mistakes doing that too. But it gave me an appreciation for manual labor. An appreciation for being able to do some of those things that I, I helped my dad a little bit and watched him remodel both houses we lived in growing up and fixing every car we ever owned. And I think that was a great gift that he gave me and said, look, you're going to do this so you understand what it's about and you can decide if that's the work you want to do or if you don't want to do that, if you want to go do something else, but you're going to work a, a physical job like that. So that was, I mean, that line kind of sums up high school a little bit. Is he made me work and I wrecked his car. And, you know, I talk about at that time in life, maybe the gap between a kid and his or her parents starts to seem a little wider. But I ended that verse because I didn't want to, like I said, I never had a, strained relationship with my dad where I didn't where I didn't think he was cool or anything like that I always liked being around my dad but as a teenager I'd rather uh, you know I wanted to be out with my friends and stuff it wasn't like I was wanting to hang out with my dad or when I was a little kid I did and as an adult I like hanging out with my dad he's great to talk to and funny but you know at that time yeah, I wasn't interested in hanging out with my folks. I was interested in going, doing stuff teenagers do. But I threw the last line of that verse is, um, still don't know how he worked three jobs and never missed a game. Because even though I maybe wasn't wanting to hang out with my folks a lot at that time, that's something I really remember from around that same time where you know, we were never destitute or anything but you know grew up in that lower middle class where money is tight a lot of the times and I remember my dad working I think he had got got on working factory maintenance during the day at that point a different factory working maintenance during the day working on cars and stuff at night and then on the weekends, uh, for a while, I think he was even loading boxes and stuff in a warehouse just to make ends meet. And my two brothers and I were in activities and things like that. And he wanted to make sure we could do those things and give us those opportunities. So that really sticks in my head, too. He might have been even working for a while. He worked third shift. That might have been even while he was working third shift. Because I remember sometimes him getting off, like third shift, getting off in the morning, but then going right to work on other stuff, and then like coming to one of my football games on a Friday night or something, and just having not slept for two days. Because he was working 
to make sure we could do things like play football and he'd still make it to the game. So I wanted to end that verse on that. Like that's a time in life where maybe there's some separation, but I still have that appreciation and that sticks with me what my dad sacrificed for us and for me then. Then I do the chorus again and then (laughs) the last verse is kind of about me as an adult where I'm a father now and I recently had the revelation that I can remember my dad when he was younger than I am now. And he you know, he seemed older. He seemed like a dad, always. And it's funny, because sometimes I don't always feel that way. And I think inside, sometimes that's the way it goes. Is we, we're kind of guessing our way through all this stuff. As a father, as a parent, you're just kind of trying to figure it out. And you don't... I certainly don't feel like I have a lot of answers. And it's funny to think of my dad in that capacity, that maybe he had some of those thoughts and feelings too, that like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. And, you know, I kind of end talking about that, you know, same idea I started talking about, that some people get idolized and they get things like they get statues built of them and they get rich and famous and sometimes we overlook those people who just sacrifice everything on behalf of their families on behalf of the other people in their lives so that was how I ended it. It's like, how do you honor somebody like that? Well, you better live the life that they sacrificed everything for. And I was, I mean, that's what my dad's always done. Is he gave up probably a lot of hopes and dreams that he had for himself and went to work and busted his tail to give us the opportunities to do the things we wanted to do. And that's, Really part of the reason that I, was definitely a big reason why I get to do things like write and be creative, why I work a job as a teacher that I love, why I got to do things like play sports all through school and in college and do all those things because my dad sacrificed so much. So how do you honor somebody like that? Well, to me it's, yeah. You live that life that they sacrificed for. You live it as full as you can and try to pass that on. And I think about that all the time when I do anything with my own kids and when I try to make decisions about things with my kids, I really use that as a framework of... You know, what needs to be given up here? What can I give them so that they have the opportunities that I've had so they can pursue the things that they're passionate about so it's not me imposing on them but giving them the gift and the opportunity to do the things that are really going to be fulfilling and meaningful to them.
And I repeat the chorus a lot in the song, which sometimes I don't always like songs that repeat the chorus a lot, but I thought... Even thinking about that in different ways, that like being a... Now that I'm a father, by the end of the song, how can I be that stone that doesn't roll? And I, I certainly you know, pursue a lot of different things and, but how can I still be that constant for my kids? So anyway, that's a little bit about that song. Not that the song is real good, but when I was thinking about my dad that way, thinking about that idea, some stones don't roll, it just kind of sounded like a country song like something kind of folky. So, like I said, trying to just uncover it, and that's the way it came out. My dad's not really into country songs, but that's what I was thinking about. That's the way it came out when I was writing down some notes and ideas. So, if you listen to all this, thanks for tagging along. I hope everybody's doing well. Much love. I'll be seeing you.